Hey folks, it's Marvin Cash, the host of The Articulate Fly. Hope all of you had a happy holiday season, and I wish you all the best for a happy and prosperous 2020. On this episode, I'm lucky enough to have Braden Miller, the driving force behind Miller Time Flies and the 14-year-old fly fishing phenom from Glen Allen, Virginia. Before we move on to the interview, though, just want to give a shout out to this episode's sponsor, the 20th Virginia Fly Fishing and Wine Festival. That event is this weekend, January 11th and 12th in Doswell, Virginia, and it's not too late to buy tickets and it's not too late to sign up for classes. Go to www.vaflyfishingfestival.org or check out our events page for the latest information on speakers, vendors, and classes. Also, it'd be great if you could leave us a review in iTunes and please subscribe in the podcatcher of your choice so you don't miss an episode or even better, check out our mobile apps. We have an app for Android phones as well as for iPhones. Just go to the app store of your choice. Now on to the interview. Well, Braden, welcome to the Articulate Fly. Thank you for having me. So, Braden, we have a tradition at the Articulate Fly, and I always ask all of my guests to share their earliest fishing memory. What's yours? I would have to say my earliest fishing memory would be fishing for bluegill at my local pond with my dad. I'd be with a spin cast rod and just to learn what the hook on a hook with the bobber. And I would I'd be able to go if I would stop bugging him about fishing almost every day and on the weekend. Very cool. How old were you? Uh, I remember as long as I could walk, I, I was fishing. Uh, well, there you go. So two or three, right? Yes, sir. Awesome. Well, and uh, when did you uh, move to the dark side of fly fishing? <laughs> about eight years old, I started tying. And about a year, year and a half after that, I started casting and fishing and going around the ponds. And my grandmother gave me a bunch of old stuff that she didn't use anymore, tying material and uh, old vice. And then she gave me a uh, five-weight uh five-weight rod, corks coming off, and it was just something to start out with, and not much, but uh, it was fun. That's neat, and obviously you've accomplished a whole lot. I mean, you're 14 years old now. Who are some of the folks that have mentored you on your fly fishing journey? Uh, Probably Lefty Cray and Bob. I mean, everyone really has helped me along the way at the shows, asking people on the internet, just going on to YouTube, Instagram, asking asking questions, watching videos, or just walking around and listening. I would go around the shows and ask Lefty and Bob, and I'd show them my fly box and ask for a question, like, question them, like, what should I do better? What am I doing wrong? Or they would just give me insight on something or just some material. Uh, now I've got Blaine and Bob and everyone else that shows and I, if I have a question I just ask Blaine or somebody that's neat and were you intimidated when you were younger you know walking up to Lefty Cray you were probably what nine or ten years old when that happened <laughs> yes sir yeah uh, in the beginning I was really intimidated and then after talking to him for about started off with like 15 20 minutes at the show and then it, the next year it was like 20 to 30 and the next year is like 40 minutes to an hour and after every year i just get more in tune to talking to them more easier and better that's neat and so were you talking to them every year at the virginia fly fishing and wine festival or were you seeing them on other on, on other places on the show circuit yes sir uh every year at the virginia show and it was just 
that's the only show I went to when I was younger. And we never really traveled around, but now we go uh, up and down the East Coast, uh, Texas to New Jersey. Very neat. Do you remember kind of the most helpful thing that uh, Bob or Blaine or Lefty has told you? Lefty with the different materials and casting. He's really helped me. He really helped me with that. And like less materials, uh, make sure you have a hook gap so you can actually hook the fish. And Blaine really with casting bigger, heavier, uh, bigger, larger flies with heavier weight rods. Well, that's neat. And how many days do you spend on the water a year? Uh, I would say maybe 100, 150 days a year. And I just try to be out there as much as I can. I don't really, I can't really keep track. Yeah, you probably, that sounds like you must have some water really close to the house so that you can literally come home from school and go fish. Yes, sir. All the time. What are those pieces of water? I've got Chickahominy River, uh, different lakes and ponds around me, that bass, bluegill, crappie, catfish. Chickahominy River has got gar, both in large bass. It's got catfish in it, all different types of sunfish. I've got the James River that we can ride to and go and uh, fish in the boat for when the shad come up and the striper run, shad run, got largemouth, uh, upper uh, James has musky. Very neat. Do you have a favorite species? Uh, my favorite species, I I got a lot. Uh, I'd probably say be between musky, albie, albies, and probably probably snakehead. And what attracts you to those fish? The musky just because they're so large and like it's like the unicorn fish and a lot of fishing to me. And then the owies because they pull hard. It's not super difficult to catch them, but there's still a challenge to them. And then there's also the snakehead that is the called the Frankenfish or whatever you want to call it that's invasive, but they're all they're really cool. They wake up on the top water and they're people call them ugly, but I think they're pretty pretty very neat do you have a favorite place you like to fish uh probably atlantic beach harper's island area where i would just go there with either friend andrew campbell or uh jake jordan every now and then we fish for albacore go out and get mahi and mix up black fin and albacore fish the wrecks for large barracuda and amberjack and everything it's just a really cool place. Yeah, very neat. I think I told you before we hopped on the call that uh, I used to vacation there as a little kid. So I, I remember Atlantic Island, uh, Atlantic Beach, I guess, um, really fondly. Yes, sir. And so it was interesting to me, you know, to hear you say that you tied before you started fly fishing. And mm-hmm. so, so how did you get into the fly tying game and how did it happen? You know, most people start fishing and then they start tying. How did that all come together for you? Well, my grandmother was just downsizing everything. She was moving to a smaller house, and she dropped off a uh, my first vice, a Thompson Model A, and then just clamped to the table a bunch of old material that was probably falling apart and just smelled like mothballs. And then I just started tying all the time, <laughs> and uh, I just tied every day. And I first first fly I tied was a woolly bugger, cut off the thread, the whole thing fell apart. And, 
after that, I just wanted to get better and just haven't stopped since. Very neat. And what do you tie on today? I tie on Norvice. Got it. And how was that transition uh, to tying from a Thompson A to tying on a true rotary vice for you? It was a big jump, but I really like the Norvice. It's really, I feel like it's helped me a lot with many things. And there's a multitude of things I can tie on. And I really like how I can just switch out the jaws and tie from size 26 nymph to a 6 odd, 7 odd, 8 odd muskie fly. Got it. And any suggestions for folks to kind of how to get used to that rotary action? Because that's, you know, kind of the biggest hurdle for people to make that shift. How did how did you do it? I did what Tyler and Tim O'Neill and Tyler O'Neill said to do. Just put away the other vice for about like a month and a half, two months, three months, and just tie on the Norvice. And after a week, I got I really got used to the Norvice and how all of its functions worked and what to do with it. Very neat. And who are some of the folks that uh, taught you how to tie so well? Uh, I would say Bob Popovich, uh, Larry Clemens have, has helped me. Uh, big influence would be Blaine, Kel Gallup, Mike Schultz, Russ Madden, and probably Gunnar Brammer. Just from listening, watching them, going to their booths at the shows, and just asking questions. And Gunnar Brammer, he's on YouTube. He's one of the bigger guys that I've watched. And, and are, are all of those guys kind of active on social media? So is that where a lot of times you're asking your questions, or do you just kind of save up all your questions and ask them a ton of questions every time you see them at a show or a club time? <laughs> uh, they're all online and active. I'll either ask them on Instagram or YouTube or Facebook or whatever it be. But a lot of times I just want to ask them in person and they're with any question, really they'll answer to anything is just be nice. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, it's funny too. I mean, I always say that I think, you know, um, outdoors people are very generous people, but I think fly fishers are even more generous than the average outdoorsman. Yes, sir. Sure. Yeah. And so, um, so what's your favorite pattern to tie? My favorite pattern would probably be like probably be a game changer, just because I personally I don't like tying the same fly over and over and over again. So just switching out the shanks and doing a different size or a different color or whatever it be a different material, multiple multiple materials on this one little shank, and just building up to this one thing that'll swim like a real fish or and just it'll last forever. But probably it'd probably be a game changer the whole game changer platform yeah and is there a particular flavor of game changer ice cream that you like to tie is it hybrids or polar changers is there one that you really really like to tie a lot the hybrid's been a big big one for me now i really like that one it's so durable it lasts up for everything but there's also the micro game changer that'll that can really for any forage base around my area and any body of water that i fish around my area I can tie up or either color it with a marker or just leave it white. And it works really great. Yeah, no, I've got a few of those and I'm looking forward to fishing uh, for smallmouth with them because I think they're just going to crush it. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, so you, you know, eight years old, you start fly fishing, you were tying a little bit before that. And, you know, you now just recently rebranded and launched your commercial tying platform, uh, Miller time flies. How did you get into the commercial tying game? Uh, first sold my first fly at 2017. I just sure that's, I just, I wasn't planning on selling it. I was just showing it around and somebody asked to buy it and, I was like, maybe I can do something with this. And then at 2017 Lancaster show, I was just walking around and then I showed, showed my box around people and then they go, is that for sale? And I would just say either take it or buy it or whatever. And from that, I would say 2018 is when I got requests by friends and parents and everything. And people around me just asked if we can get flies and whatever and then it's just now i'm doing all the shows and everything so flies and it just built up from that one show and i i really like it i like giving flies to people and, and once i once they get the flies or whatever and they go out fishing with it they send me pictures and it's really cool to see what my flies have done and where they've been very neat and do you tie you know anything people ask you to tie or do you just try to kind of stay in that streamer family? I mean, we tie just streamers, large articulated streamers, game changers, like I said, and mainly the streamer thing. But if it's like a special request, I, I, I can do it. Very cool. Uh, just to give folks an idea, how many dozen flies do you think you tie a year? Oh, I, I don't even know. Uh, I, I really don't know. Probably... I, I honestly don't know. No, it's, that's fine. I can believe it. I'm, I, you know, the impression I get is that you're just absolutely eaten up with fly fishing. And so you're just, you know, you're fishing, you're tying, and you're just cranking out flies and just having a great time. Yes, sir. Awesome. Well, and the neat thing, right, is, I mean, you've got a huge list of brands that you represent and you're 14, right? Yes, sir. So, you know, Tell us a little bit about how you broke into the pro staff game, right? Because, I mean, there are people that are a whole lot older than you are that don't have nearly the number of brands uh, under their umbrella that you do. How did that happen? It first really started at the Virginia show where I tied on. I was just walking around like I always did. And this year I was just showing around my boxes again. And at the Norvice booth, Tyler saw one of the flights and he really liked it and Ken asked me if I wanted to tie on the motorbikes and I was, I'd never really, really seen a bike so I could never wore something new and it really caught I said sure and I jumped on the bike and I really I really enjoyed it and then out of nowhere I got asked if I wanted to do an interview or a video interview while I was tying for the youth coming into fly fishing and it was from CFO. And what I didn't know was it was Alex Colonna, somebody with TFO, doing the interview. And then it was uh, one of the videographers video with uh, post outside uh, of the whole group around me as I was doing the video. And then I got asked what fly, what, what uh, rod I cast on my large streamers, articulated streamers with at the TFO BBK 8 weight and then I got asked who that was outside of that group and I got asked I said I don't know and then it was Rick Pope uh, they said do you know who Rick Pope is said the CEO of uh, TFO Rods and then from that I went to the Lancaster show just 
uh, walking around downstairs, and then I met Blaine, and then out of nowhere, uh, Steve Monahan, somebody with TFO, asked me, uh, I heard, I hear you're going to be a, you're going to be part of my uh, youth TFO ambassador team. <laughs> For some reason, I guess he wasn't supposed to say that, and somebody hit him on the shoulder and t- told, asked him why, why uh, spoiled the surprise. Uh-huh. So from there, I went from TFO and then Norvice ambassadors, and Norvice is like a family to us. They're always so awesome, and we just hang out all the time with them and everyone else. <laughs> Well, that's great. And so you, you get you, you part of the TFO family and the Norvice family. How did all those other brands come together for you? Uh, just just using their products and just either tagging them in a post or whatever, just using them around. Over the couple of years, just I'd, people in charge of proteins or whatever, they just like recently, uh, J.S. Stocker, the material company, and Vice and they just sell a bunch of tying stuff and fishing stuff. They just asked me to do the uh, launch the youth uh, ambassador program for their tying and materials. Yeah, that's awesome. I, uh, as a matter of fact, I know this month they've got their annual hook special, so I've got to get my order in. <laughs> <laughs> you serious? Um, and, and you know, obviously, they're not. You know, you're starting. You know, junior ambassador programs for brands. I mean, they're not a lot of guys your age that are ambassadors for the sport, you know, what do you find the biggest challenge of being a brand ambassador to be? I try to just make sure I'm wearing their products or using their products or just when I'm at like tying at shows or something and I have, I'm using the products and I get a question. I'll either I'll let them use it, borrow it, let them try it out, or I'll just tell them a little bit about it, show them where they can get it. And I just, I like to represent people and represent good brands that are really trying to do good things for the whole community. Yeah, I, I saw your Rose Farm pictures from yesterday, and I saw you had tagged tagged all your brands in your social media stuff. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, did you have a good day on the water? Oh, yeah, it was awesome. We got probably 20, 22 trout. There you go. Uh, browns, rainbows, and uh, my grandfather got out again that day and got his first couple of fish on the dry fly. So that was pretty cool. Well, that's awesome. And, and, you know, one thing I wanted to ask you too is, you know, since you're 14, do you find that, that folks in the industry sometimes treat you like a kid instead of respecting you for your angling abilities? I feel like in the beginning, it kind of was when I was eight or nine, didn't really matter what my cast looked like or what the flies looked like. It was just some kid at the pond. Today, I can go somewhere fishing with, some of the greatest fly fishermen, they always treat me like just one of the guys. And it's really cool and amazing to see, see that. Yeah, that's, that's really neat. And, you know, obviously, um, I'm really interested, you know, one of the reasons I do the articulate flies, I'm trying to, um, create an online community for anglers and to get people involved in the sport. And, you know, obviously I'm a lot older than you are, but what suggestions do you have for us old guys to help get younger anglers, uh, into the sport? Just getting your kids outside, grandkids, your kids outside, and off the video games. The video games are just so addictive. I can see that with my younger brothers and everyone else that I go to school with. And go to, go to just, just shows and show them around everything. Take them outside fishing, go to ponds, go to different places, not just the worm and hook on the bo- with a bobber or just 
just do something different. Or when I do uh, teach him fly tying or something, or just give teach him the fly tying class, uh, I'll do a claws minnow, bully bugger, or the green wheat. It's just something that'll it's easy, basic, and they can just get off to the clean slate working with the simpler things. After junior show, I'll be doing a, a youth or beginner fly tying class on the first day and the second day. Just $25 entry fee, and you got the materials and the Norvice and everything that you need to tie up those flies. Yeah, that's neat. And I'll put a link to that, uh, Braden, in the show notes for this episode. So all people have to do is click on it and they can go uh, register for the class. You know, you were talking, yeah, you were talking earlier about um, the the pull of technology. And I have a 17-year-old and 11-year-old uh, son. Um, did you just never succumb to video games and you always wanted to be outside? Or did you have to make a conscious decision to put the Xbox or the PlayStation away and get outdoors? Uh, I've always played video games. It's just I don't, I used to play them all the time. And now it's like maybe once a week I'll play for about, 45 minutes to an hour just after everything else just done schoolwork and homework and just flies are tied for shows and making sure everything's good and done. Very cool. And I know you've been active in trying to help your uh, fellow middle school students uh, get involved with the sport. What are you doing at your school? I started a fishing club last year and we also did try in the classroom. It was so first year we kind of struggled last year with uh, the whole my whole foot problem and then just everything everything that could go wrong happened and we ended up releasing 23 brook trout and this year we currently have about eight uh 180 and uh, probably doing and they're all doing great large healthy and they readily eat <laughs> that's awesome is that for 180 fry is that more than one tank or can you get them all in one tank uh, that is one hundred hundred and fifty gallon tank. That's awesome. Oh, one fifty gallon tank. Sorry. Got it. Uh, yeah, w- with the chiller on it. Those, that's a really neat program. And I know too that you're super involved with Project Healing Waters. How did you get involved with those guys? I was introduced to Project Healing Waters from David Polker and Julie Caton and Duke Davis at the 2017 Edison Show. Uh, they where they just discussed to me about the volunteering and the two fly tournament held at Rose River. Uh, I ended up doing the Rose River uh, two fly tournament uh, that same year or the last year. And we just I per- also participated in the time marathon. And recently that I just got done telling you about the uh, Atlantic Beach false albacore and redfish festival with Project Hill Water. So that was pretty cool to watch everyone just go out and have fun. Very neat. And can you tell us a little bit more um, what you do when you're not attending those events or what you do for the vets while you're at those events? I'll just, I'll show some of the vets how to tie some flies. I'll be best to help make sure the vets and the boat captains had something for breakfast and lunch boxes. And I'll just teach them how to tie and teach them all sorts of things that I've done and what I've learned. That's really neat. And, you know, obviously, so, you know, you're in school and I know you're doing really well and you're really busy there. You're fishing a ton, a whole lot more than I am. And you've got a commercial time business and, you know, you're all over uh, going to fly fishing shows. How do you keep it all straight? I use any extra class time to work on any homework or study. I just have to keep high B's and A's 
so I can do all this. As soon as I get home, I'll have to finish homework and work on different projects and everything. I get probably one to two projects a week for my advanced high school classes. I'm an eighth grader taking freshman classes. And once I'm done with everything, I'm allowed to start tying and doing everything else I need to get done for shows and go fishing. Got it. And uh, what time does your mom make you turn the lights out on a school night? Uh, when I'm finished. Oh, good for you. That's a good deal. Um, and, and so obviously you're really young as you kind of think forward, um, into, you know, becoming an adult, you know, how do you want fly fishing to fit into your life? Fishing will always be in my blood. I feel like I'll always have something to do that, that fishing will always have something to do with my life wherever I'm at. And I plan to teach the future fly fishing and my nieces and nephews, as uh, as of right now, I'm planning on being the cool uncle. Yeah, yeah, that's a great job if you can get it for sure. Um, what would you? Uh, what do you want to accomplish in the sport over your lifetime? I I, I want to be a. I just want to go own my own my own boat. Have have my guiding license. When I'm older, I aspire to be like PFO staff, advisory staff, the lefty craze, Bob, Jake Jordan, Blaine, everyone. I would love to help shape the future of fly fishing and just bring more youth into the sport. That's really great. And, you know, obviously uh, we're in early January and uh, we've been talking about the Virginia Fly Fishing and Wine Festival that's going to be uh, January 11th and 12th in Doswell. But, you know, you're going to be on the road a lot uh, the next two or three months. Why don't you let folks know where they can uh, where they can find you? Uh, January 24th and 25th, I'll be at the Edison, New Jersey fly fishing show in between the Norvice and the TFO booths. I'll, during both days, I'll just be bouncing back and forth. Uh, February 21st and 22nd, I'll have my own booth at the uh, Lefty Craze Tie Fest. March 3rd and 8th, you can find me tying flies in the Norvice booth and maybe catch me at Catch Camden too. Uh, on the 7th and March March 14th, I'll be at the one-day show in the Maryland Quad Fishing and Tackle Show. Wrapping up the show season, I'll be in Plano, Texas, uh, March 21st and 22nd, uh, the Texas Quad Fishing and Brew Fest uh, on my own booth. Very cool, and then it'll be time for the Easter Bunny, so that, uh, that'll keep you pretty busy for a while. <laughs> oh, yes, sir. Well, listen, uh, before I let you go, Brayden, why don't you let folks know where they can find you on the internet so they can follow you and uh, maybe order flies from you and um, just kind of generally keep track of all the cool things you're doing? My Instagram is Miller Time Flies, capital M, capital T, capital F. Uh, my Facebook is just Braden Miller. My website is up and running. I'll just keep it in mind. Still, it's still under uh, still under construction. I still have to get everything done for it, put the flies up and everything, but it's almost done. Fantastic. Well, Braden, I really appreciate you um, getting up this morning to talk to me um, while you're still out on vacation uh, for the holidays, and uh, I look forward to seeing you in Virginia in a little bit over a week. Thank you so much for having me. It was awesome. Oh, no, it's my pleasure. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> Well, folks, I hope you enjoyed that interview as much as we enjoyed bringing it to you. Again, shout out to this episode's sponsor, the Virginia Fly Fishing and Wine Festival. You owe it to yourself, folks, if you're within striking distance of Doswell, Virginia, on January 11th or 12th to drop by and check out the event. 
Just go to www.vaflyfishingfestival.org for all the information you need. And again, please subscribe and leave us a review in iTunes, or even better, check out our mobile phone apps. Tight lines, everybody.